Welcome everybody to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and today I am joined by two very special guests, uh, Allison Shrivnik. Did I get it right? Shrivnik, but Shribnik. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Can you can you put an H in your name for today? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, all of my teachers throughout my like educational experience believe that there's an H. There's an H there, so why not? It's silent. It's so silent <laughs> that it's not even written. Exactly. Like an unwritten H. Uh, we also have Zach Ray. Hey. How's it how's going, going, guys? Doing, yeah. doing all right? I mean, I say that. We've been talking for the last 40 minutes, so. You know, aside from being trapped inside for six months, otherwise everything's okay. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, LA burning to the ground and having yeah. <laughs> bad fumes outside that I feel like I'm in a fire. 90% of the time and I live inside a box of my apartment that I pay for. Yeah. Well, it's pretty good. It's like it's like uh, uh, we're living in the world of Avatar the Last Airbender. Like the West like Coast apocalypse. is burning, the the Southeast is drowning. Like it's it's pretty good. We've got all the elements. Mm-hmm. We just got to get north to Canada to the Northern Water Tribe and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> ever nothing ever happens bad happens there. Yeah, they're all okay up there. They've got their hockey and their maple syrup. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'm ready for an ice tundra. Zero, zero cases of COVID in the Nunavut. So, I mean, that's a win right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as we know. Oh, yeah. There's also like four people that live in the Nunavut. So, I mean, I mean if you're listening we know, to all Nunavut, four of them I... have the COVID and, and they're just isolating themselves. <laughs> well, they, or they're, they've never met each other because they live in the Nunavut. Well, that means that they have excellent social distancing. <laughs> exactly. They're like the champions. Uh, we're here to talk to, so guys, we're here to talk about, um, your upcoming animated series, True Tale, which you guys did a Kickstarter back, oh my gosh, it was a while ago. Was it, was it the beginning of the year? It was a year, year ago. Yeah, it was, it was from, uh, June to August of 2019. It's already been over a year. Doesn't feel like it, but it, but it was. <laughs> the COVID has, has made everything like suddenly go really fast. Yeah. Did you guys know it's October? Yeah, yeah, it's October 10th. We're almost halfway oh, through October. I only know this because Starbucks is now serving pumpkin spice lattes. That's the only way that I know as well. Yeah, that's how you can tell when the seasons change is pumpkin it's, spice. It's the pumpkin spice latte. And and you'll know it's Christmas when the Sprite Cranberry comes out. That's when you'll be like, okay, now it's Christmas time. Yes. Or when or the, the gingerbread lattes or any like, like peppermint mocha. I, I know it whenever I uh, go to the grocery store and Little, Little Debbie releases the, the zebra the cakes, but they're shaped like trees. Exactly. The trees. That's Those how I know Christmas is the best thing here. in the world. They have crack in them, man. Like, you can't, like, I don't know. It's, what none of their other stuff is guys? like that. No, it's, it's like they put, like they save all the best ingredients for those trees. Mm-hmm. And I usually tell my family, like, all right, my stocking, just put a whole box of them in my stocking. Yep. Like, there you go. That's all I need. Oh, I have no words for this. Have you, have you never had the little Demby Christmas Of course shows? I had them, but now I'm an adult and I know what not to partake in. Now they're no. better as an adult. Exactly. That's the, that's the reason why you become that is, an adult. That is your cheat. And you're like, like you know cardboard. what? Like, you no, guys. Like if, you, if you were going to say that, like, the Reese's candy, how it changes shapes into pumpkins and trees and that kind of thing and, and bunnies, I would be like, okay, I'd be on board. Chocolate and peanut butter, all four. Well, but, that actually reminds me, like when Reese's releases the the Christmas tree shaped uh, 
uh, Reese's chocolatey thingies as well. That's that's Christmas. They're not as good. I don't think the Reese's like when Reese's does stuff like that when they make the eggs and the trees and everything like that. They're never as good because the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is off. That is a good point. That is a good point. All right. And also, they don't give me any menorahs or dreidels. I mean, come on. Can we have some representation? (laughs) They have stuff at Target. Target's like the only place where they're like, hey, if you want any Hanukkah goods, we've got Hanukkah cookies and stuff like that. That's the that's the good thing about Target. Uh, that's basically it. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah, basically go to Hobby it. Lobby. Go to Hobby Lobby. They've got a Christmas section all year round. And then all of a sudden, it's the week of Hanukkah. And there's a teeny little area for Hanukkah. And it's already 50% off. And it's the week of Hanukkah. Well, to be fair, like Hanukkah's already halfway over at that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> you only you only get eight days, and then it's like, bye, see you or later. My parents put it. The present's coming tomorrow. We've got eight days to give you a sort of Santa, so don't worry. It's all good. Oh man, they they've got the. I know they sell at Target like the the. It's like the elf on the shelf, but it's like. Yes, the Minch on a bench. The Minch on a bench, yeah. I was thinking like rabbi on a veranda, but I was like, that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet you can find that at Etsy. Etsy oh, makes boy. everything. Oh, gosh. I want All right, Allison, rabbi. I know what to get you for, for Hanukkah then. Mm-hmm. We need to get her the rabbi on a shiffer robe. And That's right. Sits Thank there. God, if you're going to get me anything for Hanukkah, have it be BTS related. Thank you very much. I, I could, I'm pretty I, sure I could get an Etsy direct, person to make like a BTS themed My director on the show that I work on, on Duncanville for Bento Box, they were like, Allison, your birthday's in November, right? I was like, yeah. They're like, what do you want? I said, oh, I don't know. And they're like, so would you be down for us buying like, I don't know, the BTS like package for like the new CD that they're releasing in November? How does that sound for your birthday present? I'm like. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just for anyone listening to this, who's wondering what BTS is, it's a sandwich. It's like bacon, tomato, it uh, sausage. behind the scenes. Yeah. It's like a, it it's like, for. you know, so you get a BLT and you get a BTS. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Let's talk what about it. It's like, it's like, it's like bang, bang, tang boys or something. I don't know. What, what's it? I'm not even playing with it. No, I really, I have no idea. Bacon, lettuce, tomato. Isn't it like Bam, Bam, Tam, Bang, Tang? I'm not playing with you anymore. No, I'm actually, I'm actually curious. Like, I don't know what it is. I know it stands for something. No, normally if you want it, if you want to get a really good BLT, you can go to Subway, you go to Jimmy John's, you know, all these places are really good for that. I don't have a Jimmy John's close. Like the closest Jimmy John's is like an orange in it. You know, you know what makes it really annoying? There's a Jimmy John's for me, like three miles away, but apparently I'm like one block outside of their stupid five minutes. Oh, that's the worst. It sucks. And I get emails from them like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, well, I haven't been within your delivery range in a while, you little bastards. Like, why don't you give me my turkey, Tom? And like change it. Like I want an Italian nightclub. Give me the Italian nightclub with extra pickles, but they won't. Ah, ah, what what kind of cruel, sadistic world are we living in, right? No, no. Here, here's the biggest question of all. Before we go into True Tale, um, when you guys have a sandwich and you get like chips with the sandwich, do you put your chips in the sandwich, like adults? No. I should try it though. I, I think I, I think I would like that. That, that, that would make it kind of crunchy. Yeah, it does. It gives it like a little bit of extra, especially like Jimmy John's, because like their chips are like double fried or whatever, yeah. so like they stay crunchy longer. So, like, so that, that reminds me of when I, when I go out to get like a really good hot dog, I'll go to a barbecue place where they like they fry the inside of the bun, so mm-hmm. like it's soft on the outside but crunchy on the inside. Like that could work. Like I, I like that. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. you toast it. You get a nice little yeah, toast. You toast it. Bun. It's like a panini. Yeah. Get that crunchiness. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really eat sandwiches anymore or bread for that matter. Like with COVID, one of the horrible restrictions is I have to be very careful about how much I eat. Man, you don't eat I sandwiches? I like to, I'd like to I take this moment to announce that Allison and I are, are splitting up. We're, we're going to go our separate ways. You heard it here first, You're guys. Honest. No more true tale. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know if I can associate with someone who doesn't eat a sandwich. It's just, it's a sandwich. It's, it's just, it's too hard. There's too many calories involved in the bread and all that kind of stuff. So you're, I, you're having like, the wrong bread if it's too hard. I mean, <laughs> bread is supposed to be soft. Yeah. Okay. Plus, you're you're, you're saying it, nothing but good things. Like the fact I, that there's calories in my sandwich makes me want to eat it because that means it's going to be a good sandwich. So I live in like a 400 square foot apartment and going outside is- a Hashtag really, humble brag while you're at it. It's just... oh gosh, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, it's not good outside. The air quality is really bad and I already can't breathe really well in LA anyway. And wearing a mask on top of that is just like, why don't you just give me an asthma attack and have me just pass out while I'm walking. Um, and so I can only walk around my apartment and only exercise in my apartment, which means that my calorie count has to be. Sounds down. like the perfect so environment. And, and, and Josh, feel free to correct me on this, but <laughs> sounds like the perfect environment for a sandwich. It is. So instead, so instead, I've really gotten into like Vietnamese food and like um, things like that. So like noodles and lettuce and pickled veggies and meat. So you're trading. So you're trading bread for yeah. the starchy noodles. They're rice <laughs> noodles. They're less calories. They're and I still starch in rice. <laughs> you wash it out. If you, wa know. if you bread, wash your bread, rice, like you always just, wash your rice. Bread just yeah. Makes me, yeah, bread just makes me feel kind of icky now. Like, <gasps> really work it out. Like I can't work off that. I mean, you're lucky there's no Egyptians listening right now because that, that would be very offensive to them. So you, can, so you don't have cinnamon toast? I don't eat cereal either. Oh, okay, I'm not talking about cereal. I'm talking about like real cinnamon toasts where you take- No, you no. Take and there's this amazing bread and... breakfast place oh, right yeah. next door too. Just not worth it. Maybe when COVID ends and I can finally go to the gym again, then I'll partake in sandwiches and bread, but not until. Well, not I until. don't know what to get you for Christmas now. I'm going to get you a sandwich. Please. I don't know, man. I'm at a loss. <laughs> Give me a stuffed animal sandwich. That's always a possibility. You know what? Etsy would make that. I'm going to find that. I'm gonna oh, find I'm it. Really you don't sense. need to go to Etsy. Just go to like some cute Tokyo like Japanese shop. They totally have like little kitty cat shaped like bread and stuff like that all right <laughs> well, guys um after all this terrible sandwich talk we're gonna have to let go of allison go um it was fun uh, uh, i'm so glad 10 years of knowing you zach and seven years of working together that our relationship is going to end over a sandwich that's how that's how valuable sandwiches are to me <laughs> and the rich dynasty like that it, it's nothing but sandwiches and truthfully, it almost ended because I wanted to change True Tale to what we have today. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of True Tale, tell everybody a little bit about True Tale. You know the reason that we had you on. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we could talk about <laughs> sandwiches for another four hours, but only only four hours. I could go I mean, all day. That, I, I have something to do later. I got to go get headshots made, so I mean, <laughs> I have to. I mean, we're actually thinking of replacing Caleb the cat with uh, a sandwich, just like a walking, talking sandwich. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. No, let's talk about it. I think it would be amazing. Is a better topic of conversation than a sandwich. So, <gasps> True Tale is a project that Zach and I have been working on for seven years. 
Um, I graduated in 2012. He never left Savannah College of Art and Design. And uh, they own him. So, well, can, can you say there. that in, in, a, in a, a more like bitter, angry voice? Yeah, like, it was like he never left. They own him. They own he him. never left. He yeah. never left. But um, so basically, one of the things that we really wanted to do was create a project that would foster sort of a learning environment. Uh, I moved out here into the industry because of True Tale. Uh, which gave us the ability to like look at portfolios and bring in new artists and train people. Zach became a teacher, so he was able to do all that. How did, and the way that we got people interested in building this resume and working for us for free for a long period of time as a passion project was by creating something that was extremely character driven, had beautiful art and aesthetic. And True Tale is basically uh, a hypothesis that we wanted to see if we could kind of pull off. Could we create our own studio and not really be a real studio, but run it like a real studio, give people the feeling of having an art director and um, having a team that was working with you. And we just had no idea it was going to take off like it did. And so the basic story of True Tale is there is a group of children who are going to a medieval school to learn how to be heroes, uh, like their parents and the past generation and their teachers. Because there was a horrible war that occurred uh, back before they were born, where uh, the dark mythical faction, the light mythical faction fought uh, and the dark mythical faction was banished. And to make sure that that banishment remains and that everybody still has peace and tranquility and the land of Splitpaw, was to create a school called True Tale Academy that would train the next generation of heroes. And our story follows Caleb True Tale, uh, Caleb, ugh, True Tale, Caleb Lightpaw, Dolly Ling, Victor Silvertod, and uh, Melody Breyer. And these four are our main cast of characters, along with a bunch of other characters that are become their friends. And they learn through the process of uh, going to school and training and understanding what it really means to be a hero because what it means to be a hero is to sacrifice and that is something that a child is just not going to understand and the teachers aren't going to really explain that to them and so the whole concept is to get the kids to become these selfless heroes even though they sort of live within their own minds. And it's really a message that's important for today's generation, in my honest opinion, because a lot of us are very selfish. We, we live within um, our own worlds and we believe that everything at that moment is so important and is so vital. And we sometimes don't see the big picture. And that is what our characters are going through when they first enter the doors of True Tale. And then they start to expand their world and start to see that oh, there's a lot more out here in the world and I need to be a hero and a hero sacrifices. Yeah, see, and Allison I, did an amazing job describing everything. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was just going to say it's Dungeons and Dragons, but with animals. Like that, I would have just stopped talking right there. So, so it's Humblewood. It's basically, it's basically yeah. Humblewood. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I um, the, what's interesting is True Tale began as a completely different concept. And after we kind of like pitched to Nickelodeon and started talking and understanding really what it meant to build strong characters and a strong story. I went and like retooled everything, presented it to Zach. 
He hated it. He was furious at me. We didn't talk for like three months. Um, and then eventually uh, I got hired at Nickelodeon and I was like, hey, let's give it one more go. And we ended up just kind of getting the team back together and doing it all over again. And what we really love about this new iteration is what I said, it's a message for today's uh, child uh, and for today's adult, truthfully. Can you uh, accept the fact that sometimes the world doesn't revolve around you? And as a child, the world revolves around you. That's what you believe until you leave mommy and daddy's wings and you go, oh my gosh, it's big. And I have no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> and so- um, It's also about the, the, the spirit of adventure, the spirit yeah. of, uh, of, of being a hero and going out there and, and going on quests and uh, solving problems and fighting monsters. It's, it's got that, again, like that Dungeons and Dragons kind of vibe to it, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Because it has a party. Every single group is a party. is is broken up into four. Yeah, there's healers. There's there's warriors. There's uh, there's mages. There's wizards. Bard. You know. There's rogues and bards and rogues. all those classes all that we're used to. Classes and D and D. Yeah, pretty much. We totally, totally grabbed from the D and D playbook, uh, from Tolkien's playbook, all that kind of stuff to build out this world with all of these characters, and it's it's really been such a joy to see it all like come to fruition and see our fans really love it and fall in love with the characters and email us and ask us like oh what's what's a graduation ceremony like at true tale or what is what a graduation ceremony like at true tale <laughs> yeah we haven't written one yet <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean one of, one of the well things here's the thing we're, we're, we'll we'll storyboard it right now graduation scene at true tale all right, I'm pretty sure that the, like uh, it's going to be some sort of battle sequence where all the students have to get into parties and fight against each other to rescue a sandwich right there in the middle of the Colosseum. Like, there's one sandwich, everyone goes. Whoever grabs the sandwich and takes the first bite gets to graduate. Everybody else, they repeat the year. And I know that Allison is nodding <laughs> along with me right now. She no. agrees. No. This is great. There's truthfully, truthfully, one um, one of the things that I find very important when it comes to just sort of the graduation experience in general, I don't think you need to walk. Like I don't think you need the diploma or any of that kind of thing. Truthfully, the graduation is when the kids realize that they have passed all of the tests. They are now allowed to leave True Tale and go explore on their own. Yeah, go to go to like the local uh, adventurers guild, pick up yeah. some quests, so actually go the and the first yeah. year. Uh, so here you go, fans. Uh, for the first, for the first She year. said that so mean. <laughs> I know. Stupid fans, you can go this. <laughs> for the first, I love all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> for the first year, uh, the kids are one years. One years are not allowed to leave the True Tale um, school village grounds. You stay. However, we do have one special group has been like training and is considered the elite, elite of the one years who have actually gone off on adventures with the, um, with heroes. And they're just, everybody's like, oh my gosh, those are the, those are the elite and I want to be like them kind of thing. And uh, for our fans, that's Elder, Lyra, Boris, and Atticus. So those are the, the elite team. Uh, but basically when you finally do go on like enough missions and you prove your worth and your value, you become after a year or so, you become a second year. 
And now you are given a card that gives you the ability to travel outside of True Tale and go on missions that are dictated by the school based on like your rank and your ability. Yeah, like E-ranked missions, there's mm-hmm. D-ranked missions, yes. etc. We're, we're not we're not going to lie. We love Naruto, so a little of that is is a bit of that concept. Um, but then once you have hit third year and you are basically like you you're pretty much thing. ready yeah um okay. now Absolutely. you're you're a senior and you can you can go off on your missions and what's really interesting is in every single town or or, or big big town like true tale for example uh there is an inn and in that inn is a board that has all of these jobs and you can go in there basically and get a job tell the innkeeper who's sort of like the guild holder uh this is the one that i want and what's really interesting is that inn in true tale is melody briar's family home it's their inn so melody's been seeing all of these adventurers coming in and doing all this stuff and caleb has seen it as well um but uh, if you guys read the little story that i wrote about the introduction of caleb into the briar's family Mr. Breyer's not on board with his children going off and being heroes. So he's a grumpy old bunny. Uh, he's he's like fought. He's he's yeah. seen people sacrifice. He doesn't want that for his children, um, and, but he is willing to take care of Caleb because Caleb is gifted to him. Uh, what we, what, what you don't going. know is that Mr. Bunny is actually from Watership Down. Like, he's seen. <gasps> no, he's like, not. No, he's not. Well, no. actually, it's sort of, kind of. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah. He, he's been through quite the violent war he has he has yeah. that is true so 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 what really kind of brought about the idea for true tale i That's feel like a tough one yeah know. like uh, uh so like start, start with the mercenary um yeah group, like it, it, it all began it, the, the change yeah it, it all began with um i i would say it began as an experiment because we uh we had just finished making um a big uh, fan-made animation uh, back in, and this was back in uh, 2012 to 2013, and uh, it was called Double Rainboom. It was like My Little Pony and Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. Uh, it was a lot of fun, it, but but like the whole goal behind that was to um, experiment and learn what we were good at and what we were bad at with regards to making a TV-level quality animation. Mm-hmm. So when we'd finished it, um, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, all these crew members around. They were like, well, what do we do now? Like, we finished this. What's next? And, you know, some went their separate ways, but a lot stayed on. And they were like, well, why don't we just make our own original idea? It's about 40 just, of them. Yeah, there were about 40 of us. And so we were like, all right, let, let's start pitching ideas. Like, what is a really cool idea? What's a show that we would want to watch right now? And all of us really love Dungeons and Dragons. And we liked, you know, Lord of the Rings. And we liked that, that, that sort of like high fantasy aesthetic and we're just kind of like throwing ideas around and after like a few weeks of just like doing a lot of sketching and drawings and throwing ideas it kind of all boiled down to all right we really love dungeon dragons but we also really love anthropomorphic like characters i want to see a bunny with like a war hammer fighting a bear like that just sounds awesome and so that kind of turned into the beginnings of true tale which was a lot different than what it is now it was it was a lot darker 
it, it was it was for like an older audience. It was like a group of mercenaries. We were in a dark place, so everything yeah. went dark. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like at the time we really liked watching sort of like darker cartoons, or I guess older cartoons. Um, so uh, it was it was about this group of mercenaries um, who were like hired to go on a quest for a necromancer, and all the mercenaries like they hate each other. They're used to working by themselves, but they all six of them were put together in this one party. And then the season was every episode was a, a, an encounter or an obstacle that they had to solve on their journey to the necromancer's goal, which was like his phylactery at the very end of the season. And they get betrayed and stuff like that. So it's all about like, oh, we have these really fun and kooky characters that are very uh, uh, solo driven, but they're forced to work together and we can have a lot of fun telling stories with that. Every episode would be a brand new location and brand new environments and characters. And like, oh, we'll be in this like village full of all these like uh, flamingos. This one episode will be in this village with like, oh, maybe they go into these mines and they have to like fight these crazy insects and oh, mole people will erupt out of the ground in this other episode. And like all these crazy episodes. And we're like, yeah, it's gonna be the best show ever. And then, and then we we spent two years developing a pilot and, and making character designs, and then we showed it to Nickelodeon. And then Nickelodeon was like, yeah, um, have you thought about how much this will cost? <laughs> how, how insane it is to try to produce a show where every episode is something completely different? And we were like, oh, yeah, you make a good point, Nickelodeon. There's a little and bit more to it than just that. Yeah. So if you've ever watched a show where you have two characters. Never seen a show, ever. <laughs> no. I don't even know what the word show means. You've ever watched speak a show, Spanish. You've ever watched a show where you have two characters that don't like each other. Uh, a rom-com or a buddy film or any of those kinds Your of classic buddy like, cop movie. Yeah, yeah, the buddy cop you where know. you have two characters that don't Mel like Gibson, each other. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover get together. Okay. So you, these two characters that don't like each other, you expect that by the end of the movie, they come to terms, they accept one another, and they end up working together. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen very Yes, it was. No, no, it, it was, it was going to take the whole season. Hold to on, to that hold point. on, hold on. It was going to take an entire season for a cast of about seven or eight characters to eventually come to terms with liking each other. To make matters even worse, each one of them had deep, dark, seated secrets. Yes, that was another thing about it. It, it, was, it was very- Stop like, interrupting me. No, the, the, I'm not interrupting you because it's, it's my turn to tell a story. You told me our story, it's my story. But yeah, yeah. Real, real, quick, right there, real quick, Allison, to be fair, he did listen to his talk about k-pop for like I 20 did. minutes before we I did. record it it was like seven hours of them fair. chatting about k-pop it was <laughs> awful you talked about action movies i don't watch those no but like uh, uh but, but that, that that's kind of how true tell started like it was a lot darker there was a lot of like drama and backstory and it was a lot more serious and i remember that we even did like blood animation tests to be like how are we going to animate blood <laughs> And then, yeah, and then that kind of went down the gutter and like no one would pick it up. And, and we had to sort of come to terms with the fact that it's just not very marketable. It's also just not a very fun and engaging story for a wide audience. It's very niche. And so that's so when Allison came in and saved the day and she was like, hey, why don't we remove all this dark stuff and let's like put them in a school and we could still have the same Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing that you were going for, but like now it's gonna be a lot safer. Production wise, it's gonna be cheaper. And hey, you know, eventually they would graduate and maybe we can have the original show you wanted. 
but we go through some seasons of safety before we get there. And I was like, brilliant. There's a reason why I work with you. And then that, that became true tale school. of (laughs) Three months of him hating me is what happened. (laughs) Yeah. But, But the, but the big crux of why I changed it was not because it was going to be expensive. It was not because the story was, um, wasn't, uh, doable. It was, we could have totally done the mercenary things. We could have, could have been really good. There was always that possibility, but as a writer, it's 10 times harder to get an audience invested in a story where nobody likes each other. If you can't, nobody wants conflict. When you turn on a TV and you watch, you watch a show, you're kind of escaping into a different reality for a period of time. If everybody's yelling at each other on the show and everybody is being mean and snarky and cold and and distant with one another, and you don't see that growth and that potential of them coming to understand one another until like the very end of the season, you're not going to tune in all the way to the end of the season. It's just human nature. We want to see something that shows growth And the growth was going to take such a long period of time. And because every single episode was going to be, um, you had to watch the first one to understand what's happening with the second one, to understand da 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 That also is In a a nutshell, it's just easier to tell stories about characters cooperating with each other than it is to tell stories about characters that are constantly in conflict with each other. The thing is, is that we had to make a show that gave you the feeling of... uh, each episode could be a standalone. Now, if you've ever seen like Gravity Falls, the way Disney does it is every single episode is a standalone, but if you are a longtime fan and you've continued watching, you'll see those Easter eggs throughout that really show that there was Mm -hmm. an overarching story. And so one of the problems that we ran into with the very first iteration of True Tale, the characters were too old. And if you look at the artwork, the artwork is very childlike and is beautiful. It's gorgeous, but it's a very kid-friendly artistic look. Even when we pitched True Tale to Nickelodeon uh, for Big Nick, uh, they told us, you should go to preschool. Like your artwork looks like preschool, which is kind of disappointing, but you know, that's what, that's what people thought. Which is why when we did the Kickstarter video, I was like, oh, oh, we're showing war, man. We're showing burning buildings. and We're going to like make it look like this was an epic battle. The kids are now taking over because, and obviously, you know that if there was an epic battle before the children arrived, there's going to be another one once they get going. So we've already set the stage of we're not for preschool and we never will be. No. So yeah, that was well, one of the, well, I mean, like, the reasons we changed it. Caleb in the first episode is going to drop a hard F, you know, just like oh, yeah. right out of the gate. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, Allison. Yeah. The the blanket behind you with the remote on it, it shifted. <laughs> like it was straight. Like if you turn around, like it just shifted. Like what? Gravity. What happened? Mm, it, it just like moved. It's It was almost like someone jerked it. I mean, not, not only did the blanket move, but the remote itself yeah, also the remote shifted as too. well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a photographic memory. You all are lying, so be quiet. <laughs> Could have been a ghost. I'm just saying. <laughs> I live alone. Let's not. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, lived yeah, alone you can live before alone with this a meeting ghost. started. Yeah, the ghost yeah. Was there I mean, first. you're not alone anymore. You moved in with ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> For five years, I've seen nothing. Hush. Yeah, it's a ghost. You're not supposed to see it. it yeah, plus, I mean, it's always behind ghosts. you anyways. You know, you turn your head and it moves with your head. It's, it's... Mm. Um, so, okay, so you guys mentioned a lot of D&D. Like, do you guys play D&D? No. Oh, I do. That hurts. <laughs> Zach, do you want to play D&D? I've been looking for a group. My, my Oklahoma group has not played since March. I, I would if I had time. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, when I say I play D D D, maybe that's the wrong uh, tense. I've played D and D. Don't have time for it anymore. Well, <laughs> if if I get to if I want my D and D fix, it has to be through a video game where I can like play an hour and like pause it and go to something else. For example, um, Baldur's Gate one and two. I recently replayed both of those, and then Baldur's Gate three is coming out, and I'm like, okay, all right, this is where I'll get my D and D fix from. So still yeah, no the only reason I don't play D and D is I am a control freak. Um, Sounds like I, you should be a, a GM. Yeah, um, you would make it. Yeah, if you're a control, yeah, you make, make a great GM. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a control freak. I like my characters doing exactly what I tell them to. It's why I write for True Tale and I tell them exactly what I want them to do. Um, so I feel like I would have anxiety. Yeah, that, 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 to... yeah, like everything you just described is it's the antithesis anti to Dungeons and Dragons. It's all about being yeah. flexible and having fun and I've chaotic neutral. I've, I've <laughs> DM'd I'm, I'm and bad. like I, I made a whole thing for uh, a group of uh, actors at Funimation. We did, I did a whole thing for them where it was going to be a great thing. They were going to fight this dragon dude throws a shatter spell in the hit breaks the thing like breaks the wand that will create the dragon so i'm just like the whole thing goes off the rails i've, I've been planning for this for two months <laughs> and one he's just like i just throw it in there just to shake things up and you're like what is that break wood mm, interesting and yeah so it was just one of those like well, that's, that's part of the fun though like plus i mean I've been on both the GM side and the player side. And as players, that's our goal. We're trying to break the GM's plan. So that, that's, we're all allied against the GM. I'll, we were testing the GM's creativity and their ability to adapt to whatever story that they spent the last two years making. Like, ha it's our story. See, that's and, uh, why yeah. I really love writing for animation. If you write for like a live action kind of thing, the people can like ad lib and make changes and do whatever for animation. Once you've written that script and you hand it off to the storyboard artist and they board, I usually am pretty free with them. I let them kind of like, if they've got a joke they want to throw in or whatnot, but usually my words pretty much remain. Uh, and then like when the voice actors come in and they do their recording, most of the time my words remain. And then when it comes time for the animation, my acting of what I expect those characters to be doing, remains the art direction remains it's like i have complete control of this little world where i'm like i am god and i get to play with all these characters i feel like with dungeons and dragons like what you just said i would be screaming internally and i could but never. that what that's what makes it fun, that's what makes it fun. yeah especially when fun. you're the player and you're like he wants us to go down this path 
let's go down the other path. Yeah. See, I think I would be a, I would be a dungeon master's worst nightmare if I played because I would be going this way, that way. Like we're not following your script. We're gonna follow. Yeah. I think the script exactly. Is that that's the fun part. And I think that DM. would drive me crazy. And then if I was a DM, I would like lose it because yes, you, you'd make a good player you doing you what I told you. Yeah. Like a good DM would be able to basically think of everything so if you did go down that way he would have something ready to go just even if it's like on the fly just be like all right so you come to this door now how are you going to get past the door like a good dm will know what to do i am not a good dm uh, i'm just like oh you did this hmm give me a second <laughs> flip, flip flip uh Okay. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a bad one. Like, I probably would be, like, pretty fast on my feet to, like, think up something. It's all about but being be, flexible. Like, like. But I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty ticked that uh, something I had planned got derailed. And I'd be like, well, okay, how can I bring well, that? Well, that's what a good DM like, would do. Like, like, like the derailing is going to happen no matter what. So it's all about knowing how to, all right, we're, we're heading in this direction now guiding everybody back to yeah. the original plan that you had. So like, we're gonna have some fun doing this, but hey, unbeknownst to you, the moment that you solve this crisis, oh, you, there's a pitfall and hey, you've landed back in the room that I wanted you to be in in the first place and ha Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like when you play like a, um, like, a, like an RPG, like you can go off and do other, like other side things, but you know, in order to advance, you have to go back to this yeah. boss level. So it's like, you can let them do whatever they want, knowing that they're eventually going to have to make it there in order to proceed. Yeah. I'll, stick, I'll stick to novel writing and uh, <laughs> writing scripts for True Tale and being God. And you'll be, be all the worse for it, losing out on a great life opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of my ideas and everything that comes for like True Tale's breakdown of like how an episode will go from all that kind of thing really sort of follows like the basic arc of an action adventure usually the solution is is given in like the first few minutes but nobody paid attention and then they go and do something they do it wrong it doesn't work and then they try again and then they finally get it right and then at the end they go oh man why didn't we do it that way from the beginning when we had that solution already given to us oh we were so arrogant and stubborn we didn't realize it it's the basic breakdown of any action and adventure tv episode uh, and so most of my ideas just sort of come from that sort of concept where I know the little hints and like tricks and stuff I want to throw in to explain the direction of Caleb's history or the way that the characters are starting to change or morph. Uh, and I'll just like throw in a villain and a bad guy and mix it all up in the pot and go, okay, there we go. There's an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit about some of the characters. I mean, we've got uh, there is Cat and Rabbit and Fox and some sort of chipmunk deer thing. Kieran. Yeah. So <laughs> I like chipmunk deer. Like I think chipmunk we deer. change it to that. It's, it's like great. it's like an avatar. You can have a chipmunk deer. Yeah. And she just mixed two things together and it totally works. But I am Dolly. Don't make fun of Dolly. I am Dolly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit about the characters in True Tale. So uh, Caleb is our main character. He is uh, basically a kid who isn't really 100% sure about being a hero. He went and joined Melody, uh, his, uh, his 
his sister on this adventure. Not just, realizing- Just for those who are new to this, Caleb is our cat and Melody is yes. our bunny. Caleb is a squire. He's basically a, a, a knight in training. Melody is a bard. Yes. So um, Caleb is kind of trying to identify himself. Uh, while he was working with, like, being with the Briars, he was sort of like the line chef and was like cooking behind the scenes and always sort of, sort of being very domestic. And now all of a sudden Melody's like, no, we're going to True Tale and we're going to go be heroes and we're defying father and everything. And he goes, I have to go with her. She's crazy. Like she's going to get herself killed. So he goes and joins True Tale. But the truth of the matter is, is Caleb's brilliant. He's very intelligent. He knows exactly how to motivate people, how to talk to them, to get them to, uh, in, in times of crisis, he is the voice of reason. He's a natural problem leader. Is, problem is, is when there's no crisis, nobody listens to him. They just sort of believe that he's this teeny tiny kitten who can't really do anything. He struggles with magic. He, so, he struggles with being able to maneuver a sword but he knows all the moves. He knows all the tribes. He knows all of this information. He's like a walking encyclopedia of heroes of old and of uh, the times forgotten. But nobody ever listens to him until they're like, oh my God, we're all gonna die. So that's Caleb. Melody is our comedic relief. She's the one who is going to like be yawning and singing. And um, basically like if they left for school in the morning, they would need to leave at three o'clock in the morning because she would be singing songs the entire way. And Caleb would be like, oh my gosh, Melody, that's like your fifth song. Stop serenading people. We've got to get to class. Like she's that kind of person. A super bouncy, super chipper, like that the glass is always half full. Yeah, she she believes that the world is a stage and that she is going to True Tale to tell her story to everyone. Not to write it, to tell the story she already believes is in her head. So she is the hero of every adventure, every story. And this causes a lot of problems within the group because a bard is not an action-oriented character. They reinforce they are defensive. They, yeah, they're, they're uh, support. Yeah, they're support, support, exactly. And Melody does not understand what support is. And so Caleb is going to have to explain that to her. Then we have Victor. Victor is our suave, debonair, cocky, very flirtatious. Spanish uh, accent Spanish, fox. Spanish fox who comes from a family of pirates. And he didn't want to be a pirate. He wanted women's, women, girls, anybody screaming his, screaming his name in admiration. If you want to think about it, he's like a walking, talking idol. Like that is what he wants. Well, um, so, you know, at, at, its, at its core, like he wants to help people. He doesn't want to steal from people. But he wants to be loved. And his yeah. family is not all at all about love. They want to take over the high seas, grab whatever they want, and then like move out and be like oh man we just took over everything we are so bad he doesn't want that life he wants to be adored um he is fast talking he is quick on his feet but when it comes to times of uh needing somebody to basically take caleb's advice or take his command victor will do that Victor has an ego, but when he feels like he is going to become the clown of the moment, he will listen to somebody else who will make him out to be the stronger character. 
Yeah, so I don't know if we said this earlier, but his class is a rogue. He's a rogue. Yes. So he's yeah, a classic the thief. Best you know? character. Yes. Yeah. So he's all he's all about offensive and getting in there and really impressing people. Uh, he wants Melody to sing songs about his escapades. He's like, don't sing about you. Sing about me. I, it's all Victor. It's Victor 24-7 all the time. And then we have Dolly. And Dolly is basically me. And she is this, um, this witty character who always has her nose in a book. She's always trying to... So, so real quick, just for her. visuals, Dolly is a Kirin. So that's yes. a Chinese mythological creature that's half deer, half dragon. Yes. So, I was very close with Chipmunk. You were close, yeah. Just, just, so, just, you know, chipmunk, dragon, same thing. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah a rodent yeah. versus a flying mythical beast. Sure, that works. So, <laughs> I mean, Dolly the dragon's comes, just a chipmunk with scales. So Dolly comes Yeah, the same thing. Chipmunk's just a, a dragon, you know, with, with yeah. I guess, large yeah. cheeks, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Sure. So Dolly comes from an extremely famous healing family of Karens who actually helped create the giant spell that banished the dark mythical creatures. Her parents are considered like high royalty, if you really want to think about it. And so she is sent to True Tale uh, to learn how to be a healer. But Dolly is one of those people who will immediately walk into a room and be like, I'm the best and I don't even have to say so. Like, I'm going to show you how good I am. She's just going to take over quietly. And then all of a sudden, she starts to realize that the profession and the dreams of her family, because it's all about honor with her, she's not on board. She actually wants to be an attack mage and not a healer. But because she's the only daughter of her family, she would be losing the entire healing line of the Ling family if she did break that that oath of being their next uh, healer in the line and so she does a lot of self-reflection and and whatnot and one thing that is extremely important to understand with true tale and the world in general is if you learn spells up to a certain point you cannot go back so if Dolly does in secret learn attack magic to a certain point her healing magic will vanish it will it'll decline yeah it, it'll decline to such a level that she's just really only a band-aid it's a kind of like uh you know you can specialize heavily in one area by sacrificing your other attributes yes. or you can just generalize but you won't be a master of anything so yeah. you just kind of be like all over the place in other words exactly how dungeon dragons works like you have points you have skills you spend them mm-hmm. Same thing. If you multi-class, then you're just like, I'm a bit of both worlds, but never going to be as good as ever as this Yeah, person. exactly. Precisely. So that's, that's kind of the breakdown of the characters, the main four. Of course, we've got other ones that have, have personalities, too, that counteract them. Yeah, there's other um, students and other rivals, and there's a lot of professors, yeah. and there's, there's a whole cast of characters. Like we, we strongly believe in the philosophy of storytelling where character begets story like character is the most important thing it's the reason why people watch cartoons and movies and read stories it's for the characters so we have a lot of them (laughs) we have a lot of characters what we really wanted to do was also show off different kinds of families 
So Victor comes from a big family that just kind of doesn't respect him. But Melody comes from a big family that does respect her and does love her and cares about her. Caleb is an adopted member of a family. We have uh, single mom families. We have single dad families. Uh, we have orphans. We really wanted to showcase that the world is made up of so many different kinds of families. And family is so important to our story because if you don't have the support of your family to go off and <laughs> traipse around the world and be a globetrotter and adventure through, it's going to be very hard for you to believe in yourself. Yeah, and also the large cast of characters allows us to have a lot of fun with design and aesthetic where we can have like bears and mice and flamingos and a Canadian moose and uh, cats and dogs and just all these crazy animals. But we also dip very heavily into mythology so we've got like kirins and dragons and um uh, bunyips and all these all these crazy mythological animals as well that also exist in this world as just people mm -hmm. so just it just allows us to sort of flesh out the world and make it extremely visually appealing it's just fun to watch you never know what animal is going to show up next but what's How their backstory how old are our characters? Like, are we like, are they like Pokemon age where they're like 10 years old and then their parents so, are like, go out into the, the world, melody. kids? Kind yeah, of. The Melody yeah. are 12 years old. Victor and Dolly are 13. And um, most of the characters that you will meet within like our spectrum of what we have shown thus far when it comes to the kids, they're anywhere between 12 to 13 years old. They're basically middle school age. Okay. Yeah. Which character can I be? I want to be in it. <laughs> Who do I, where do I need to audition? You, you'll be the one human in the world, Josh. Yes. The one human. The like one they'll, they'll, human. they'll go to an island and they'll be like, there's Josh, he's just a normal human. They're like, yeah. what the hell is this? What kind oh. of species are you? And you're like, I'm a human. Oh. Right, well, there are no humans. There are no humans in True Tale. We have a couple of specifications. There are no monkeys in True Tale either. Um, so one thing that we wanted to be really mindful of was making sure that it is anthropomorphic, that they are animals. It's very, very clear that they're animals. And any animal that kind of would fluctuate where you were not 100% sure, like a fish, for example, it's very hard to see that as being sentient. So we turned certain animals that didn't seem very sentient into being bugs or this combination of like these dinosaur bug creatures and things like that. And those are the animals and pets and stuff of the world of True Tale. So they're not, like, for example, eating, like if you, they're not eating each other. They are, they are meat eaters, but they're eating something that is they're, they're eating insects. their equivalent. Of yeah. Meat. Like a meaty insect, like, Oh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to butcher a cow. Well, the cow in True Tale is like the sort of large beetle, yeah, sort of, you know, moves and has like maybe some cow feelings to it. And like that, that's what they would butcher to, to get some, some food. And because that, that was one of the issues we came up with um, that we had to tackle when we first came up with the original idea for True Tale. We were like, all right, they're anthropomorphic animals. Well, hang on a second. What about actual animals? Like, what are they gonna, like? Do they ride horses? Like, that's not going to make sense. Like, what do they eat? That what do they be eat? Hilarious. Yeah. yeah so it's like, all right, no, like, we'll just make them insects. Like, they're all insects. Like, for example, dragons exist as actual characters like they're wizards like the, the dean of the school is a dragon but like the actual animal dragons in this world are dragonflies 
Yes. So like that, that's what the, the giant dragon that attacks a castle would be like. That's just a dragonfly with sort of dragon-esque elements sort of incorporated in the design. And that's, that's what would replace that. So it's all about taking existing animals and dinosaurs of old and mixing in insect-like um, features into them. And, and that creates the, the non-sentient animals of the world. Nice. Yeah, one of the most important things is no one can talk to them. So uh, this, this, their language is something that cannot be accessed unless you have like an artifact or an item that allows you to be able to communicate with them. Just for the sentient, like there are smart, just like today, you know, like dogs are very, very clever and very smart. So imagine if you had an artifact where you can talk to a dog and yes. that, that exists in True Tale as well. But then just like, you know, today we have very dumb animals that, that you, you can't really talk to and mm -hmm. same thing in True Tale as well. So, so you guys did the Kickstarter for True Tale. Um, I, I guess was was that too in order to like make the pilot and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah it's a, an eleven minute pilot. So you you we did the Kickstarter for that. Um, you had all the great tiers. How how did the the Kickstarter go? Good and bad. Yeah, good and good and bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't really announced this to um, our fans yet, but. Kickstarter was not as wonderful as we would have liked it to have been. Um, we had a couple of, of setbacks. We, we made a good amount of money. Um, overall, it looked like we made about $60,000. We actually ended up making about $35,000. Not, not even then. Like, um, like there, there were a lot of sort of hidden things to Kickstarter yeah. that, that you don't really realize unless you actually go through the process yourselves. You know, we, we wanted... Um, we originally just wanted 25,000 to make a three to five minute pilot, but we said, if we go above 45,000, we'll make an 11 minute pilot. And we did, we, we, we got all the way up to uh, 59,500, which is basically $60,000. That's what it says on the, on the Kickstarter page. If you go look at it and you're like, oh, wow, they made $60,000. That's awesome. No. However, out of that $60,000, um, 9% of it had to go to kickstarter.com. They take a 9% cut. Then from that $60,000, we had 27,000 of it get canceled <laughs> because there was, there were two, there were some trolls in there. There was one troll who was like guest and like nine numbers. That was their username. They donated $12,000. And there was another guest who was just like guest with a bunch of troll numbers who donated uh, $8,000. They were just trolling us. So like that money didn't actually exist. So when the money actually was deposited into our bank account, we only had $35,000 to work with from the original 60,000 that we thought we were going to get. But then about three months after we got the money, one of the backers who had donated $8,000 who we were talking with and we were designing their character and they were really cool. Turns out that there was something that went on where they weren't actually supposed to give us the $8,000. Like, I don't know what this story was. Maybe they took a credit card from their parents or I don't know. We don't know the, the, the story behind it, but we basically had Kickstarter contact us three months after the Kickstarter was ended. And they were like, Oh, Hey, this particular person who donated $8,000, they, uh, they they negotiated with their bank and they had that money refunded, which means that we need that eight thousand dollars back from you. And we're like, wait a second, 
it's been three months since it ended. Like that money's been allocated. We need that money. And we kind of had this big deal with Kickstarter and it kind of reached the point where we were just like, all right, so we have to give that $8,000 back to Kickstarter. So we thought we had 35,000, but now we only have $27,000. And then taxes, <laughs> taxes came into play and man, taxes are our- I to take the $8,000 because they didn't take it away the moment they told us they would. We got taxed on that money too. Yeah, we no. now have to send in paperwork next year to get to that get money back. And... Yeah, but, but if, if, if anybody here is thinking of doing a Kickstarter, I just want you to go into it knowing it's very, that 25% of the money you end up with will be sent to the federal government for taxes. 25% of it, minimum. So, uh, so Allison and I, so like out of the 27,000 we wound up with, we had to pay the federal government about 10,000. So we actually only wound up with like all said and done, maybe around like $20,000 to actually use to pay people with. Mm -hmm. And that's at the point where we're like, that's not enough money to make an 11 minute pilot. No. I mean, that's barely, barely enough to make like a three minute pilot. And so... So our philosophy has been, you know what, we're going to animate the first uh, four and a half minutes with this money, but we're going to keep going through pre-production for the whole 11 minutes. Like we'll do character designs, we'll make puppets, we'll, we'll like do uh, uh, storyboarding and everything. And then Allison and I, we have jobs on the side. So every month, Allison and I are putting our own money into it as well. Um, so as we go through it, maybe we'll be able to animate more and animate more and animate more. Plus our crew is also in, insanely passionate. We don't deserve it. They're amazing. A lot of them were like, understanding. They yeah, they're very understanding. What we've gone through. They, they were like, pay us for as much as you can. And then whatever happens after that, we're going to try our best to keep working on it. Things might slow down. We're planning on launching a Patreon as well to sort of like help bring in some supplemental income. But we're at the point now where we're like, we, we genuinely want to animate the whole thing and we're going to try our best to with the money we have and with whatever money we gather. But man, um, it, was, it was quite the process to, to learn how much money gets taken away from you after that Kickstarter is over. It, it was pretty insane. I have a question. Of, of the 9% of the of that you had to give Kickstarter, did they take that from the 59,000 or they the did. actual? That's... That's some garbage. Yeah, yeah. So nine percent went away. Twenty yeah. grand was removed from yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would they not give that back? No, no. The, like uh, we talked about this too, and we're like, well, hang on a second here. Like the Kickstarter says, you know, sixty thousand. You're taking nine percent of that, but we didn't actually wind up with that because we had a lot of we had those those two trolls cancel, and and Kickstarter's like. They just had this legal mumbo jumbo where like this is the contract you signed when you started the Kickstarter campaign, gaba gaba goo, and it really sucked. <laughs> yes. So like we had we had this really high moment where we're like, oh yeah, oh my god, we made sixty thousand dollars. It's gonna be awesome. And then the money came in. We're like, all right, well now it's only forty five thousand. Okay, but that's still that's really great. Oh wait, but then this was canceled. This was canceled. Oh wait, no, it's, now it's only thirty five thousand. Oh. Okay, we can still work with that. Sure. Oh, now eight thousand has to go back, and we're like, oh, just like over, like slowly and slowly, we were bleeding money, and then it was like, oh, now we owe the federal government this much money. It's just like, ah. So yeah. I don't know so, if we ever want to do Kickstarter again. It was so probably, disheartening. Probably not. I mean, like honestly, one of the things that we've kind of been discussing and thinking about 
is opening up to pitching to studios next year. Uh, right now, we really are working on like sort of the first five minutes of the episode, but we are making sure that everything is boarded out for the rest of the episode and it's being cleaned up and it looks really nice and it'll have a beautiful production quality animatic to it. So it's like, here is the animated stuff. This is what we can do. And this is what we want our show to look like. It's color, it's feel, it's acting, all of that. This is what we didn't have enough money to do. And so we want to release that. We want to show that to the fans. We want them to feel that we didn't, you know, take something away from them just because Kickstarter took stuff away from us and because mm -hmm. things kind of went sour for us. And Zach and I have been kind of hemorrhaging money with this entire venture, the, the seven years we've been doing this. And so we've decided that we can put forward a little bit of money each month and we can pay small amounts and we can keep getting this done. And then next year we'll pitch to people and we'll see what happens. I mean, one of the interesting things with COVID is there's a giant demand for animation. I could say that working in the animation industry uh, because you can't do a live action show. Yeah. You can't. Um, you yeah, need to fill you, those time slots with other things and animation right now. It, it's one of the few industries I tell my students this all the time too. It's one of the industries where COVID didn't impact us. In fact, it just made us stronger. It forced a lot of studios who were set in their old ways of we're going to do it all brick and mortar. You move out here to Burbank, you get here in the studio. But they were all forced to adapt and to innovate and to create a cloud sourced model to keep their productions going. And they're realizing, oh my God, like this, this is so much easier it, like it's saving us a lot of money. We can listen to pitches even better. Like it's, it's actually easier. turning. You're not doing this job. It's not yeah. easier. Oh my gosh. No, like there's certain <laughs> and a lot of problems involved. Um, but it's there's a, a different kind of problems involved. There's it's a safety thing. But honestly, one of the things is probably the most challenging aspect about working in the industry from a COVID mentality like this is we really do build off of each other. You you. The way that you work in this industry is with other people. And so when you can't really see anybody, like the show I'm working on right now, I don't really know more than half of the crew. I have never met the coordinators in person that I'm working with. I don't know anything really that much about them. And it's very sad because I was actually talking about it yesterday with them because I'm a bit of a crazy jackrabbit whenever I have to like do a lot of stuff in a huge time frame. So I was talking to one of my coordinators in a giant chat with everybody and I was going, oh my gosh, if we were at the studio right now, I'd be like losing it. I'd be jumping around like a jackrabbit. And he was, he was joking and thought it was really funny, but those other coordinators have no idea who I am. And so it sort of turned into this environment of you're a computer. And if you don't perform and you don't get this stuff done, Everybody goes, well, the computer didn't work well. You don't see it as a person anymore. You just see them as a computer who, when you send out a message, we're like, here, I need you to do this. And then three hours later, you still don't get it. You go, well, the computer broke. Like, it's a terrible, terrible thing because you don't know these people. You can't put a face, you can put a face to them, but you can't really put a personality exactly to them. Even doing a Zoom call isn't the same. But yeah. the one thing that is interesting is that it has opened the the ability for a lot of people to work from home from all over the world. And there's a really cool aspect to that. It brings back the idea that animation is a global uh, industry, 
not just in California or Texas or New York or Atlanta or Canada or anywhere in Europe. It's, it's global. You can have people working from you all over the world. And that's something Zach and I have really uh, trusted that concept. We've got animators who are working for us in Russia and Yugoslavia and all that kind of thing. We had a sound guy who was in Australia. We had uh, animators and artists in uh, all over Spain and Europe. And it was very interesting during COVID because we actually got firsthand information from them on how things were in their country before the news gave us anything. Because we'd just be like, are you okay? Like, how are you? And to get that information and realize how much wasn't being said was was really eye-opening. It's one of the reasons why it took us so long to get back on our feet once COVID really started hitting the world in like February and March because we needed to give them a moment to really adjust to this new way of life. We had promised that this Kickstarter, this video was going to be done by the end of this year. That is just not a possibility. Yeah. Uh, so COVID's really made things difficult for us for True Tale because we're trying to be very respective of our crew, but um, it has been an interesting thing for the industry. I'm, I'm very curious to see what ramifications come from COVID because nobody knows when to turn the computer off. So over time has kind of become this weird concept because how, how do you turn off your computer when it's literally a step away from your yeah, bed? When, when you're literally right here, it's like, I mean, Zach's been working this entire time. I mean, like we've—he's got the dual monitor set up. He's been working the entire time. Like half the time, he's you know in the in the interview with us, and half. The oh time yeah, he's yeah. I, I've actually been answering questions to students. Once See, there you go. Because <laughs> my job never ends. <laughs> okay, mine dies. Mine dies. <laughs> oh man. Well, guys, uh, thank you both so much for coming on. Um, really excited for True Tale. Uh, backed it um when you know i saw it just because i was like okay i like i like cutesy animation and everything and i watched your uh your little uh what what is it like uh, i don't even know what to say like it's a uh, teaser yeah your little teaser with like yeah, everybody the and they're like hey. it's just a kickstarter video we wanted to put on the page itself so yeah it's just a teaser yeah, but, truthfully, so but truthfully you could honestly refer to it as sort of like a sizzle reel um that's honestly what i really am trying to create for, um, the, the only like, difference would be, uh, like in that Kickstarter video, they were speaking directly to you. True. That's not going to happen in the actual no, no, show. No. That's just it's that's just something we did breaking. only for the Kickstarter. It was video very much a timeout, the and wall. then yeah, it was like, down. hey, why don't you give us money? <laughs> Aren't I cute and cuddly? Yeah, that was pretty much. And yeah. they got me. They were like, "Will you give me money, Josh?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll give you money." <laughs> and then, and eventually, we'll get all that merch sent out to everybody too. In fact, I have it in boxes right behind my computer right now. We've got it all. It's just, it's not safe for me to go to a post office right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we we it'll, it'll all be shipped out. We've been doing giveaways and stuff for like we had um, Jonathan uh, Mayberry from Rotten Rune and everything. Uh, he. Mm -hmm. He came on and we gave away a couple of his books. We're giving some of uh, Max uh, Brawlier's books from The Last Kids on Earth. He signed those and we're giving those away. And I'm like, with, with the Rotten Room ones, I waited until I had every single person's everything before I even attempted to pack and ship. Because I'm like, I'm not going... Like, if it was not coded, I would be like, yeah, I, I get one person, I go take it to the post office and be done. 
But now I'm like, I don't want to go to the post office a lot. So I'm going to wait. So we actually had to wait like two weeks before I was able to actually send everybody's stuff out because I was just waiting on getting everybody's, you know, addresses and everything. I'm like, I don't want to have to do that. That's, yeah. it's a yeah, mess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just too much of a mess right now. Like, I, I, so, so we've been telling all of our fans like, hey, thank you so much for donating to the Kickstarter. We have all of your merch. It's here. It's just, we need things to be a little bit safer outside before we can like start really shipping everything out. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. We have to be really careful and safe uh, during this time. The last thing I need is Zach getting sick, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we. I mean, the last thing I need is Zach getting yeah, sick. I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Allison can get sick for all I care, oh, but please, Zach, oh gosh, Zach oh, should man. stay healthy. Oh man, I, I can hardly breathe out here. If I get COVID, I'm in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and you'd be so, okay though. I mean, there's somebody in your room that can take care of you, so you'd be all right. Yeah. As long that's the main thing. As long as you have that that extra support person who is there to help you, that's yeah. all. We, that's really what we need. Yeah, they're nodding right now behind yeah, you, like they right agree there. with us. So, all right. But yeah, no, COVID's COVID's made things really interesting in the industry. I'm very curious to see the ramifications of it and what will happen. I also feel that it's definitely going to allow us to get true to out to a lot more people. Um, because you don't really have to go to a studio and knock down the door. You can just be like, hey, here's my project. Why don't you take a peek at it? <laughs> you can just email them, just email development. Here, enjoy. I know you have nothing else to do. You're right? sitting waiting for a meeting. Have yeah. one with me. <laughs> just kidding. I know they're, they're crazy busy. Um, it is it is one of those things that you can kind of tell just like how busy everything's been just because like we we do a lot of stuff with DreamWorks and uh, Kipo like first season like that was supposed to be a, a yearly thing and it's like you're getting all three seasons in one year we got the first season in January second season in May third season comes out on Monday it's just one of those boom 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 yeah. and it's like well yeah it's because like nothing else is getting made so like they gotta throw something up there um but yeah i get that and it's it's crazy like it's we it's definitely a different world now for sure well, I yeah i definitely feel like it's become a lot more global um yeah. I, I feel like with covid and with everything just with the industry in general uh people are not just living in the world that is their state or their area they're starting to see more because it is a virus that is attacking the globe. What's the thing? Uh, it, 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 it's forced everybody online. Yes. And because it's forced everybody online, it's forced everyone to actually, oh, hey, we can interact and talk with each other even though we're all over the world. It's, yeah. it's breaking down those barriers of, oh, I don't know anybody because I live in, you know, you know Kansas. It's so like, no, no. You, I mean, you may live in Kansas, but you are part of Earth. And so it's yeah. the kind of thing where that sounded kind of hippie. Like I, I didn't mean the hippie part to come out there, but it just means that we are more interconnected now than we've ever been. I guess that's might be one of the pros to what is nothing but a series of cons for everything yeah. that's been going on lately. I will say uh, as someone who grew up in the state directly below Kansas, <laughs> Kansas, there's nothing there. It's okay. You can just like, Oh yeah. There's no I, there. I will. I lived in the state directly below Kansas for a while as well. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old I Tulsa. Do, I do. Oh, yeah. I was uh, Shawnee. Good old OKC. Oh, oh yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 
But I do want to say this, John. Allison, real quick. Did you live in Oklahoma? No, I lived in okay. South Okay, yeah, we're done with <gasps> but the But no, but I, yeah. I, I, do want, I do want to say this, Josh, for like all of your viewers. This is a very weird time. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Create something new. Make something that is going to inspire people. One of the things that is a creator's responsibility in a time where everyone needs entertainment and needs joy and a feeling of, you know, somebody's looking out for them, write a book make an animation, create a comic. It's your job as a creator to do this stuff because there are people who can't and you should be their hope and their inspiration. I agree. I mean, even even if it's something like you're trying to do something podcast-wise, yeah. some of us may have created a whole thing that's an audio drama that <laughs> I'm storyboarding out to make it something cool and trying to do something different that's never been done podcast wise like you remember those choose your own adventure books yeah 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 that except podcast that sounds freaking awesome logistically it's very difficult um and i'm not a writer I, I'm an ideas guy. Like I could come up with like the like everything. Oh, that see, I want you and me, happen. Josh, we would get along because that that's exactly. that's my relationship with Allison. Allison is the all right. I'm gonna make this an actual written thing. I'm more of the oh hey, why don't we do this and why don't you change that and exactly. oh hey, what if we put this obstacle in there? And Allison's like, all right, settle down. I have to write this all out for you, Zach. Shut up. Exactly. So like, I've got like everything planned out, like for this first, like really for the first two seasons, I have everything written down and planned out. Getting there dialogue wise, I, I got nothing. You got to find your Allison. Where's this. your Allison at, Josh? I need an Allison. So yeah. if you're listening and you're an Allison, <laughs> if you want to write stuff, holla. Um, real quick, guys, Allison, Zach, thanks so much for coming on. Where can everybody yeah. find you guys social media wise? Yeah, well, um, uh, you can go uh, just go to Google and type in True Tale. Tale is in the animal's tale. And I guarantee the entire first page of, of Google is nothing but us. Because we're really good when it comes to marketing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, you can all, um, find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on uh, our own website, which is um, www.skynamicstudios.com. Uh, which I haven't updated that site in like three years. <laughs> Should probably update Holiday. it. <laughs> Holiday, yeah. Christmas time, we're doing it, Zach. Yeah, I would say best way to like keep in contact with us and like see all of the things we're posting, Twitter. So um, uh, it's just a true tale on Twitter. You just I think you're find underscore true tale underscore. Yeah, underscore true tale underscore. And, and that's our Twitter handle. But you just go to like Google and just type in true tale Twitter and we're the first response that'll be there. Don't do it on Bing because the first thing that pulls up is uh, true Tai Chi. So Yeah, but you don't want to use Bing anyways. I mean, unless you're like a communist or something. Which is, uh, in Virginia. Hey, Bing's great. I get Microsoft points when I use Bing. It's the only reason. I rest my case. Like it's See, see, I saw the social media dilemma a documentary and all about how like Google and Facebook and Twitter and all of those things completely like have been, you know, spying on me. And I was like, huh. They're spying on me. What can I do so that I can get exactly what I want? So I just spent two hours clicking on any ad I was interested in, and now they think all I like is anime, Korean dramas, and K-pop. And that's all they send me. <laughs> so they like, 
I, I say uh, use Google because I, I love looking and getting all of the news feeds from China and Korea. <laughs> Jeez. And, and we'll put the links to uh, the True Tale stuff uh, in the show notes so you can find them um, and just check out True Note. True, true Notes. Wow, see? True Notes. Uh, true Tale. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at. Um, no, it's not. That's wrong. That's the old podcast. You can find, find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom, on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for Podcast. All of our episodes available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, and on animationstationpodcast.com because I haven't changed it because I'm lazy. And it was one of those things where it, the, uh, the, the website, it, it renewed for a full year. And then like two weeks later, it was like, we should change the name of the podcast. And it's like, well, we've already got this for a year. So we're just yeah, it's a little too late now. Yeah. Exactly. We're already, <laughs> we've, we've already messed up. We're going to wait a bit. Um, and guys, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. We're definitely keeping, uh, we're ready for true tale. Um, we I love all of the the updates and everything that you get. I'm ready for my character to be drawn. I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be different. You, this, you should be coming up close then. If if we haven't gotten to your character yet, well, we've only I, got like twelve left to go. So yeah, I got the email and I like I didn't like really do a good job. I was like Fox Rogue done. I was like, it's, you didn't give us any reference artwork, I did gave you? No reference artwork. Yeah, all all the backers who didn't give us reference artwork, we saved them for last. Hi, that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the last. See, you're, you're part of this last little group we've got going on. The best group. I like to think we're the best group. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, no worries. You guys are welcome back anytime. We'd love oh, to be back. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I, the goal is to have like these first five minutes animated and released um, in like spring of next year. So we, we yeah, definitely. I, I, I know that originally we announced that it would be released before Christmas of this year, but you know, COVID. So yeah. <laughs> but we certainly are going to release some animation so you guys can see our characters in action with beautiful backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. I, I know that once a month we are releasing, um, uh, like, we always like to make these little GIF animations that are like 10 to 15 seconds long of just like characters acting just to show off cool True Tale styles. So I know that every month um, we, uh, we release one of those. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, thank you guys both so much for coming on. Uh, so for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. Oh, I'm Allison Srebnik from True Tale. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Zachary Rich from True Tale. Bye, everybody. Thank you. See you later. I'm not the